I have a great episode for us today. Okay. This is a murder case. All right. As you listen to this case, I want you to be thinking, is this self-defense or is it murder? I would love to get some feedback from you. I'm curious as to what you're all thinking. I call this case culture clash. Culture clash. Yes. Because my client was originally from Pakistan. Okay. And he is charged with murder. I, I can't wait to tell you about this case. Okay. Uh, as the details, as it unfolds, you'll understand more how it all came about. Okay. So I get a call from Jack. He asked me to go to the jail the next day to find out what happened. All the details, as I always do. Right. How did you get in this spot? What right. happened? Mm-hmm. So I go to jail. And I interview with my new client, and his name is Nazir. He is from Pakistan. He, Nazir. Nazir. Okay. And he is, like, really good looking. I, is he young? Old? He is young. 24 years old. So I interview him. What I learn is his family came here from Pakistan. They were granted asylum. And I will explain some of that a little bit okay. later. He was dating a woman also from Pakistan. Pakistan. Okay. Both of their families had moved to Utah, which... Seems so crazy to me. Of all the places, how do you end up in Salt Lake City? Uh So he was engaged to this woman. They had a really kind of volatile relationship, on again, off again. So I learned from Nazir that they'd been on again, off again, a lot of bad feelings between the two families. Oh, so when they were off, the families feuded? Mostly her family feuded because they lived Sharia law. Okay. And my client did not. His family did not. They were very Middle Eastern, very Muslim. Okay. But also they really accepted American culture. Okay. And that was a problem because to her family, they were too Americanized. They should have been living Sharia law. So he was not acceptable to them. Plus, he was not who her parents had chosen for her to be with. So does that culture with Sharia law set up arranged marriages? Yes. Okay, and he was not the arranged He was person. not it. Okay. Correct. So okay. she was disobeying like crazy. So I have my first meeting with him, and I'm not sure really what to think when I'm done with it. He seemed like a nice enough guy, and he was explaining that it was self-defense and that her brothers and some other guys had come over to the house to, to kill him. And his brother and... It got out of hand fast. Oh, so fast. Okay. Yes. And so I'm not sure what to think. I've got to interview so many people because all of this murder happened at his family home. Okay. And so... Was she living at her home and he was living at home? Yes. Okay. They had lived together for a time and that's part of the problem with the brothers because Sharia law, you do not have sexual relations with someone you're not married to. Okay. You don't do any of that. Okay. And they were both very volatile, so they had lived together for a time. Then at the time that this happened, they were both living back at their homes, but they had become engaged again. They were reconciling. And then they had a big fight, and he just like, this is it, I'm done. So he called off the engagement. Okay. But the families were so involved. I got a piece from him, but really... To, not just to corroborate, but the other family members were such a huge part of the case that I actually had to interview all of them. Oh, okay. They were Both all sides. witnesses, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, so I left the jail that day not quite sure what to think about mm-hmm. the case, and I have to admit, I'm not very open-minded about Sharia law. Mm-hmm. 
and that culture. So I was really excited yeah. to learn. I, I was stunned, first of all, that anyone was living that way in Utah. Mm-hmm. And to find out now I'm involved in this case and this murder happened right here in my city based mm-hmm. on this. I was so, fascinated and so couldn't wait to get into it. So take a minute and give a quick definition of what Sharia law is. They have a, arranged marriages. The women are, in my opinion, second-class second citizens. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have to cover themselves. And so the American music, the American clothes, the American culture, everything about it did not fit with what they agreed to. Okay, and so the veil, only their eyes show, all of that. Right. Okay. But these girls, this... His fiance did not live that way, and that created a lot of problems with her brothers and her father. Okay, but and did her mom wear a veil, and did her siblings? Did she have sisters? Her mother, her mother, and yes. Okay. Her her sister, she and her sister did not. There were only the two girls in the family okay. and two boys, and the boys and the father lived very tight, very tightly to their culture, mm-hmm. and the girls were really rebelling, which be, became an issue. Oh, okay, and so. I leave there. So I have to tell you what happened when I left. I went straight from there to playing a gig that night by myself. It's a unique gig. I do. When we're really successful with music, I decided that I wanted to give something back Mm -hmm. to To your community. Yeah, exactly. Uh So it was part of that. Service-based. It is. It really is our upbringing. uh Mm -hmm. And so I kind of considered it a tithing gig. Sure. Uh Like, hey, I do all these and I get paid really well. Now I'll do a free one. Uh And so I started doing these gigs for this nonprofit organization that brings music to people that are isolated. And so doing that, I perform all over from rest homes, like nursing homes, oh, uh, fun. hospitals, cool. uh-huh. even the prison. I've uh-huh. played the prison through that. Uh-huh. And those are really, really fun gigs. And what I have learned for me is I do really well with the captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> Chair back. Yeah. yeah. Hold oh, on. No, no, no. I yeah. thought I set the brakes on that. That's thing. right. <laughs> so, Do not wheel away. Do not wheel away. And that <laughs> night, I had been asked to play up at the med center, but the university hospital. Mm-hmm. And I'm rushing straight from the jail to that. And I was late because I'd been talking too long to Nazir. Mm-hmm. And so I'm rushing up there. I had my guitar, my sax with me, and stuff ready to go. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm scheduled to be in the oncology department. And those people, I'd played for them like six months before, and they were really sick. And some of them didn't even want anyone to come in their room. They right. just, please just stand at, at my door. door and sing. Yeah. And so I'm thinking on the way up there, all these sentimental songs, like just soothing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do Mama, He's Crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, some old country stuff, and Help Me Make It Through the Night, mm-hmm. and Patsy Klein's Crazy. Yeah. And I get, I rush in there, and I'm like I said, I was late from being with Nazir and I rush in and I get to the nurse's station and I said hey where do you want me to start singing and they said uh what we're not we're not expecting a singer and I was like oh uh isn't this like five five west and they said no this is five north you need to go clear to this other section of the hospital oh and no I, I like, oh no I'm already late so and when they say the other section I'm like running down the halls of the hospital with my sacks over my shoulder, my guitar case, running, running. And when I get to Five West, it's a lockdown facility because it is the psychiatric unit. <gasps> and you thought you were going to oncology and now yeah. you're at the psychiatric. Yes. So don't sing, Mama, he's crazy. Exactly. You're going to hold my new lineup. <laughs> exactly. 
yes. house rock. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, this will not work. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Quick change. Quick yeah, change. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I've got to do like uh-huh. just really fun, upbeat yeah. stuff. So I get in there. And I changed it up really quick. So now I'm just doing like some Beatles stuff and Elvis uh-huh. and just really upbeat, fun stuff. And it was the funniest. I'd never played the psychiatric unit before. That was my first time. Uh-huh. I love it. It's yes. one of my favorite no. gigs yeah. now. I'm playing it and every song I would, I'd finish a song and this woman in the back would yell. I mean, I'd do like Beatles uh-huh. to finish the song uh-huh. and this woman in the back would yell, I wrote that song. <gasps> oh, <laughs> And all the, all the other patients would look at me like, what? Like, she did what are you going to do? Yeah. And, and I didn't want to be offensive. I, no. And so I was like, oh, you did. What a pleasure to meet you. Yes. I thought Paul McCartney wrote that. Yeah, but thank you. What an honor to be in your presence. <laughs> I had so much fun. And... <laughs> It was and every song she yelled at? Every song, yeah. <laughs> it was just a blast. They oh loved gosh, it. I, and I do really well, like uh-huh. I said, with the captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun. And it was just such a world away from where, you'd been. From where I'd just been. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And the next morning, I had to jump right back into this case. So I called and set it up. Had a great laugh the night before. It was yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. And no stress. None at all. So I actually scheduled to go to Nazir's home to interview all the family members. It just made more sense. Like, let me just, inter- I'll come to your home. Let's interview all of you here. And I got there, and they, the mother and the daughter-in-law were making dinner. Now, this is a culture not like American culture. That You know how a lot of other countries, they have their sons, when they marry, live with them, and their daughters live. Like, they all, like, a lot of people live under that roof. Yes. Uh-huh. And that was the case in this. So, yeah. Nazir and his younger brother, and he had two sisters, and he had a sister-in-law that was living there with her kids and his parents, and they were renting. This was a duplex, and this is actually where the murder had happened. Oh, so I was really fascinated and I walked in and they were, like I say, they were making dinner and the smells were from their food, their yes. culture. Yes. Very, very distinct. Yes. So different. Very it different. felt like I just stepped into Pakistan uh-huh. to me. The, yes. They were dressed, the mother and daughter-in-law were dressed in traditional Middle clothing. Eastern mm-hmm. clothing mm-hmm. and the sisters were not and the brothers were not. Or, well, the brother... Nazir was in jail. Right, they right. they yeah. didn't let him come with no, me to he, this he can't meeting. Come have dinner. And no, so the first thing, like they were the nicest people to me. Mm-hmm. The mother, she spoke almost no English. Okay. But she came over and they would translate, please have dinner with us. And I'm so focused on my work, plus I've never eaten Pakistani food. Right, right. And, you don't have any idea what it is. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm just working, it's okay. And they would not take no for an answer. She brought me this food. So she brought it to me in like a to-go tainer. Oh. It was so sweet. I don't want to be rude at all. And she brings me a fork. So I'm like, I'm trying to work an interview here. So I set my computer, my notebook aside, and I start eating some. It was actually really good. Yeah. But it was just the sweetest thing. That's not what you expect yeah. investigating a murder case. You just never know what... You're going to step into. What you're going to step into in this world Mm -hmm. and in this crazy criminal world. So the sisters and the brothers, oh my gosh, are they beautiful people. Oh. So good looking. Mm -hmm. Like Kardashian, beautiful. Mm -hmm. They were just 
fun to look at. Right, right. And even Jack made comments about it. And, oh, I actually interviewed the father who really speaks, again, little to no English, so they had to translate for me. And what I learned from those interviews was, oh, man, so fascinating. The father had been really politically active in Pakistan. He was a real powerhouse, pretty, pretty important over there. And he really spoke out against the Taliban. He was really fighting the Taliban. They were trying to get the Taliban under control. And because of that position that he had taken, the Taliban had broken into their home. And the oldest brother, not the brothers I'm talking about, the oldest brother hears someone break in the house. He runs down the hallway to stop them, to protect the family. And they shoot him in the neck. Does he die? He's, oh, he's, he's on the ground. Right. He's down. Oh. And then as soon as they shoot him, they're like, I'm sure that was even scary to them. Sure. So the Taliban, the guys that had broken in, run out of the house. And a younger brother, this was the oldest that had gotten shot in the neck, then the ne- next oldest brother, went chasing after them. And as those guys are getting into their truck, he's like running after them. They turn and shoot him four times in the chest. Oh my gosh, in one night they've lost two sons. Yeah, and oh, Nazir, tragic. yeah, totally. Nazir and Nassar were at a store in town when they got word that there was an emergency at home. So they rush home, there's blood everywhere. They've taken the brothers now to the hospital. Neither brother survived. Oh. It is, I, I can't even imagine No. the fear. Like, we don't have that fear in America like Mm -hmm. someone's just going to come I mean you have people break in but this was this is a just completely different world from ours and because of his position in politics in Pakistan and because obviously there was danger they killed two family members right they needed to get out they needed to get out so America granted them asylum and as part of the asylum they sent them to Utah So when you're an asylum person, I don't even know the correct verbiage of that. A refugee. A refugee. um, Do you get to pick which state you move to? Or does the United States say, here are some openings, this is where you're going to go? That's what they do. Okay. They picked it. And because Utah climate is similar to their climate, with the mountains, the the snow and the heat in the summer, it's similar. Oh, I did they not know that. thought this would be compatible with what they had grown up with. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Not that the Mormon culture is compatible. No. Yeah, yeah. But that, again, talk about service and welcoming people into your neighborhood. Yeah. That is the Mormon culture. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, Interesting. But I didn't realize climate-wise. Yeah, climate-wise, it is also similar. very similar. So I learned this, and I'm stunned. I've never met anyone in this situation. What a fascinating tell. Mm -hmm. Then you fast forward. They've been in America for 10 years at the time that this murder occurs. And they have integrated into our culture. Okay. They love America. Talking to them, the dad, the siblings, the kids are all like, we love America. Mm -hmm. And they have really adopted quite a bit of our culture. The kids, my client and his siblings, dress very American. Okay. And like I said, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's not hard. People, right. I'm sure, right. open doors yeah. for them. Sure. Just the father, the mother, and the father wore traditional robes and mm-hmm. so does the, the mother and the sister-in-law. And when I say sister-in-law and her children, these are children from the oldest brother 
The brothers the one that, that were were, shot. Yes. Okay. So they brought her with them, and pr- they're protecting their grandkids and man, cute kids, wow. beautiful family. And I really had a good feeling about Nazar. Mm-hmm. Then when you get to know their family, you it all made more sense. You know how when sure. you meet someone, you get one. Mm-hmm. It's just one piece of the puzzle. Now I'm getting like a whole bunch of pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. And the more pieces that I had, the more, the more I was like, hey, you know. Man, I can see how violence is part of their culture. But what I didn't realize is how this all came about. What happened was, I told you they had this on-again, off-again relationship. Did Nazir's family like her? Did They They did. Okay. They did like her. So it was just that side of the family, her family, that didn't think he fit in their Exactly. And you have to understand, her family actually sent, her name is Bilkis, they sent Bilkis and her little sister when they were 16 and 14 back to Pakistan to be assigned to their husbands. Oh. Because they did not want them growing up in American culture. Now, I don't know exactly why her family came here. I don't know the circumstances of their okay. situation, how okay. they came. But they did not embrace American culture. They didn't want their daughters accepting it, being part of it. Gotcha. So they sent them back to live there. And with family to with new family, they at fourteen and sixteen they were assigned husbands. Oh they, wait, wait! So they didn't go back with an aunt and uncle and meet their new husbands? No, they, they were sent like them married. Back. Yes, they're like, here's your husband. Good luck. <gasps> and they hated it. Bill Keese had two children with her husband there, and she hated it the whole time. She didn't want to be there. After she'd had two children, got the courage to get out and to come back to the States. Did she have to leave her children? Yep. Because women don't have rights. They can't take their... And then what happened to the other daughter? She came with her. So the two girls came back to America, which was shameful to the family. Oh, no. And these girls were embracing American culture. Now they're in high school. They're doing high school things. And the brothers hated it. What we know is... That because of Sharia law, for these girls to be dancing, making out, being sexual in any way to embrace the culture, that gives them, they are absolutely justified in their culture in beating or killing these women, their sisters. And the father had actually given permission to the son to kill Bill Keese for her relationship with Nazir. But it brought shame on the family if they came back from Pakistan and left their husbands. Yes, did her dad want them killed or beaten because of that yes. also? Yes, yes. So it's just a, it's just rolling behind these two girls. It, absolutely. The trouble. The, Holy cow. Okay. The police, they had been to that home 33 times. To her, to her house? To her house 33 times because of the abuse of the brothers to these girls. And when the police would show up, the brothers would explain, no, 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 you don't understand We live Sharia law, and my dad says we can kill her for what she's done. We are justified in killing her. And the police would explain, you're in America now, and that is not justified in America. And Sharia law is not applicable here. It is not applicable. I mean, growing up Mormon, I thought we had a strict religion. This takes it to an entirely different level. The abuse. and The The abuse. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So that helps explain a little bit more about why they were so upset about Nazir. Well, I'm surprised that these two girls didn't run away from home. I am too. Maybe they were afraid they would hunt them down. I would be. And kill them. Certainly. Yeah. 
so when she starts dating Nazir, the brothers are so furious because this is bringing shame on them because here Nazir is dating her and having sexual relations with her without marrying her. Uh This is shameful to our family. And they would call and leave threatening messages on Nazir's phone and his little brother Nassar's phone. They would key their cars. Like wow. key all the paint jobs on their cars. Uh-huh. And I know all this because there are police. police reports about all of it. Okay. A year before the murder happened, they had Ramadan, which is the fasting time for yes. Muslim. Mm-hmm. And at the mosque, they have a Ramadan celebration to end the fast. Yes. And at that time, both families were there. And like I say, this is a year before the murder. But the brothers are still, they're so angry at Nazir and his family. They are disgracing their family, they believe. The brother's name is Farhad, her oldest brother, Bilkis's oldest brother. Bilkis and Nazir's sisters, as they're walking out of the church service, (laughs) which is kind of, this sound, yeah, oh no is right. But it seems so funny to me. Like you go to church and you're trying to be good people. And Uh then on your way out, Uh you're creating all this chaos Uh and hatred. And she and Bilkis and her sister started talking trash to Nazir's sisters. Talking trash about what? Like calling the sisters out or just like? About Nazir. It was oh. a time, it was one of the times that they were broken up, that Bilkis and Nazir oh, okay. had broken up, because okay. I said it was on again, off again. Right. So Bilkis was angry at Nazir for breaking up with her, and really highly volatile stuff, really crazy. Okay. So they talked some crap to Nazir's sisters. sisters. They respond in kind. So there's these words exchanged. The yes. And Nazir's sisters get in the car. Their car, they drive a Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. They had a new VW bug. And they okay. get in their car and they can see Farhad, Bilkis's brother, coming running towards the car. And they're scared. They don't even get backed out of their spot to get out yet. And he is banging on the, the window of their VW. And they're scared and he's yelling, swearing at them. Bam, bam, bam. And he's banging so hard on the window, he actually busts the passenger window out of the Volkswagen. Are people watching this? Is anybody calling 911? Yeah. The The police were called. Okay. The police were called. There's a report about this. And afterwards, Bill Kisa's family, the parents actually come over to Nazir's family home. And they bring some treats, some desserts, some Pakistani desserts that they have made. And they apologize. They acknowledge, like, this was really bad of my son to do this. We are very sorry. Please forgive us. And so Nazir's family thought, oh, good. This is progress. Yeah. Can Sharia law, is it only focused on women? Can they be ashamed of what their son did by chasing after these girls and pounding on their car? Can that bring shame on their home also? Or are the men exempt of the shame? My understanding is, for the most part, they're exempt from it okay. because they are just like they would tell the police all the time. We're above it. We're above we, this law. We can do this because, in fact, our dad says we can, it, according to Shreya Law, we can kill her for having sex outside of marriage. Like, you guys just don't understand. Gotcha. So, I, but it, by the same token, I say that, and then her parents showed up with, with some treats and to apologize. Right. So... I think that they had some conscience, some sense of 
this is not right, yeah. and we are embarrassed by this. They have a problem with the son, but he should never have gone after the daughters, maybe. Maybe. Kind of. Okay, something interesting. Yeah, and I don't know or the extent of how. Okay. Yeah. You fast forward, then Nazir and Bilkis are getting back together again, and they lived together for a while, then they didn't, they went back to their home. Like, they're just off and on. And then they... They get in another big argument while they're engaged. He's given her a ring. They're planning to get married six months from then. He loves her. And he said, the whole time I interviewed him, he loved her. Mm -hmm. And he said, they had an argument. And he's just like, you know what? I am so done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out. He was so mad. She was a beautician for her work. Okay. He drove to her work, which was only a few miles from the family home where he was living. I wish he hadn't done this. Right. But he... Makes her take off her engagement ring. In front right? of everyone. In front of, so at work, in front of people, this is embarrassing mm-hmm. to her. She's been humiliated. Yes. And then he tells her he wants all of the pictures of the two of them together. And he takes all those. Now, that was a crappy thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It's just hurtful. Right. Why did he have to yeah. do that? Mm-hmm. So she gives them all to him. She is pissed. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her for being mad about that. Yeah. Yeah, so humiliated. Humiliated. Mm-hmm. So who does she call? Her brother. Yep. She calls Farhad, her oldest brother, and tells him. She's bawling. Guess what Nazir just did to me? After all of this, like, you know, our sexual mm-hmm. relations, and we were, we're getting, we're getting married. married, and now he does this. He doesn't even want me. Now, if you think that he had disgraced the family before by mm-hmm. having relations with her, now he's discarding of her. Oh, my gosh, are they pissed. Oh, I bet they are. Farhad and his little brother start calling my client. They start leaving messages on his cell phone. They start calling and texting Nisar, his younger brother. And his younger brother's like 22 years old. Okay. So they're gotcha. young. Okay. They're, in my opinion, that's, yeah. that's young. Yeah. What they say in the text messages, there's no disputing this. We're getting a bunch of Mexicans to come over, and we are going to... Beat you guys down. Why are they bringing in Hispanics? <laughs> I had the same question. Like, it, is that, are they friends? Like, oh. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't it know. must just, have just seemed like something they could say and yeah. do that was scarier. Yeah. Than, than just themselves. Uh, yeah. Than just yeah. yeah. And I think themselves were plenty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So Nassar is very scared. So is Nazir. Okay. There's a detective assigned to this case because there have been so many incidents with. The families mm-hmm. with the the keen of the paint and the yeah, incident at the Muslim uh-huh. at the mosque. Yeah. Um, after Ramadan, so much stuff happening. So they have like their own detective assigned. They call the detective, and he's actually in the office. He's and he tells dispatch. Dispatch get, puts him through to him. Dispatch says, "Hey, we've got this call from Nazir." and Nassar, and they're claiming that the Farhad and his gang, buddies, whoever they are, mm-hmm. are coming over to mess them up. And they say, we're going to come over and mess you up. Mm-hmm. And the detective says, he's heard this so much. Right. Oh, he no. tells... Oh, no. Yeah. He tells the dispatch, oh, I've called them. I've handled it. Within 30 minutes, Farhad kept his promise. He and his brother showed up at the house. The two brothers... And four Mexicans. They weren't just there. They had weapons. Mm-hmm. They had stuff in their hands. I don't know exactly what they had because they started denying all this sure. after the fact. 
but I know that they had one had a board in their hand, a big okay. board, like clubs, clubs, yeah, yeah uh-huh. a bat, okay. like different yeah. things. They knock on the door. Nassar answers the door. I don't know why Nazir didn't, but Nassar answered first. The younger one. The younger one. And he answers the door. There are six guys standing there. He steps out, and he, they're exchanging words. One of the guys hits Nassar with a board in the head, and he goes down like, bam, he's on the ground. Blood. Oh, I don't know. You know how bad a head wound yeah. is. It is yeah. blood everywhere. Uh-huh. Nassar had a white T-shirt on. And it was like immediately just covered in blood. Now the women, everyone in the home is He's watching all this, terrified. And they yell to Nazir, "Hey, they're here! They're here! Like you need to go help Nassar. Nazir comes running down the hall. The house had like these long stairs okay. to go upstairs. Was the kitchen and the family area, and then some bedrooms upstairs, some bedrooms down. Mm-hmm. He came running from one of the upstairs bedrooms, comes running down that hallway. His sister-in-law grabs a knife from the kitchen, hands him a knife so he can defend himself. He had nothing to defend himself other than that. She hands him a knife just as he's running down the stairs. I confirmed this with her Mm -hmm. also. He grabs the knife from her, runs down the stairs. When he gets out the door, he can see his younger brother bleeding. Bleeding. He thinks he's dead. Dead, yeah. And he's already lost two brothers to the Taliban. Right. I think he was so freaked out, so scared. Mm -hmm. The adrenaline was flowing. Uh He's surrounded by six guys. Uh His brother's on the ground. He Mm -hmm. thinks dead or dying. Mm -hmm. And he panics, has his knife in his hand, and he lunges at Farhad. One stab to the chest. And then pulls the knife out. Goes in his chest, pulls it out. And when all these guys that are there to beat these guys, to mess them up. Mm-hmm. When they see that, they all take off running back to their truck. And Farhad also turns to run back to the truck. He takes three steps, drops. bam, drops on Dead. the ground. Because when Nazir stabbed him, it severed his aorta. <gasps> when your aorta yeah, is severed, you're done. You're done. You have like three seconds. Yeah. But, enough to turn. So by the time police came, Farhad is laying on the ground dead. Nazir's bleeding all over the place. And they're gone. The guys that came to mm-hmm. mess them up to start this whole thing, they're gone. Nowhere around. In their statement from the guys that showed up to beat them, what they say is that after, after he stabbed Farhad and they all take off to go running. They claim Nazir then jumped on Farhad's chest. Jumped on it, like just to add, just to be cruel. You mean literally jump? They claim that he jumped on him, that he was... Stabbing him. No, not stabbing him, hitting him in the face. They claim that because in the autopsy photos and stuff, you can see that his face, his nose is all skinned up. Well, that makes sense from someone who has fallen Fallen to the ground. And they... Yeah, and they can't. Mm-hmm. He was dead. There was he no couldn't put his stuff. hands down to no. catch himself. Uh-uh. He was gone. What I learned from the medical examiner was, I mean, you sever the aorta, you have about three seconds to live before you're done. So when he fell, that skin on his nose was from him from not being able to catch himself. Sure. Yeah, it was the force of his own body. I'm not excusing any of this behavior at all. No. But I don't believe for a second that he jumped. That on. he was jumping, celebrating. Mm-hmm. This was very traumatic for him. 
this case was so emotional. I mean, if you think that her family did not like my client and his family oh, before. I can't, yeah. Oh, it my just gosh. split that thing wide open. Oh, wide open. So, Nassar, is he still alive? Did he? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he, did, he split his head open. He had a big head wound. Mm-hmm. He had a concussion. He had serious but injuries. But he did live. But they were not life-threatening injuries. Okay. But, of course... He doesn't. He no, doesn't you don't know. know at that time. You just, see you the just blood. don't know. Right. Yeah. So as we would go so to they trial, came and arrested him. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he okay. was in jail waiting for his right. murder trial. And this was self-defense. Yeah. You're on my property. You've just you beat show, my brother. Yeah. You came it, with all these people. Yeah. You've got guys with uh-huh. weapons. What did you expect? Yeah. For a guy to do, especially a guy who had two brothers killed by the Taliban. I mean, he's had some serious violence. Right. This is not likely that he's just going to sit back and right. like, okay, go ahead and right. mess me up. Right. No, I've got mm-hmm. a family to protect. Mm-hmm. And that was how his brothers handled when the Taliban, they sure. came, went right after him, which is why they got killed. Uh-huh. Well, and Farhad, he came to protect his sister. Right. Okay. Yeah, the culture is very much about protecting but, our name and our... Yeah, and intense. And, mm-hmm. and I, so often we get so caught up in a lot of nonsense yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's easy to say it's nonsense from where we are. Yeah. We have the cheap seats yeah. <laughs> looking, looking at this. Yeah. So anytime you have a criminal case, as it goes on, you have to show up a lot in court. They have a lot of roll calls just to make sure we're on track. They call them roll calls and pre-trial conferences. And, okay. And we waived the prelim. There was really no question that our client did this, so we didn't need to hear Quite the that. details mm-hmm. of it. Was there video by chance? Did anybody No. Video? Okay. No. I mean, you just never know in a technology I know. world. Exactly. Okay. Neighbors, there were a lot of witnesses in the neighborhood because they were concerned. It was sure. very alarming to have a truck pull up with six big guys get out with weapons. And so there were the people that paid attention yeah. and saw it. So it was traumatic, I think, for everyone that saw it or participated in it. Both families, I got to tell you, gorgeous people. Mm-hmm. They're such beautiful people. And I'd see them and think, man, what a tragedy that there's just so much anger Mm -hmm. and violence. Like, this is not necessary. You're in America now. Like, take a deep breath. Like, Rodney King said, can't we all just get along? Yeah, serious. Yeah. And at the court dates, it was so scary because I am working on the defense of a guy that killed their brother, their oldest brother. And the family was Mm -hmm. beyond furious. Mm -hmm. It was so tense in court. They didn't just have the normal bailiff at our court hearings. They would have extra court security to keep their family from crossing over. And it was so separate. Like, this is their side of the courtroom. This is our side of the courtroom. And they would constantly, oh, the glares that we would get. Oh, I can't even imagine. The the comments as they would Uh walk in. Of course, court security is watching for this. So the second they'd say something, they would immediately approach them and say, hey, if you're going to make comments, if you're, you're, gonna have to you're out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thankfully, they kept it contained, mm-hmm. but you could feel that tension. You could cut that with a knife. Uh, it was really, really intense. intense. Yeah. It was self-defense. So in this case, we didn't even go to trial on this. We pled it out. Ultimately, we were able to negotiate for third degree criminal homicide by assault. Okay. What does that mean? In our system in Utah, the most severe is first-degree felony, then second, then third. So if you go below third-degree felony, you're down to a misdemeanor. So, of course, they're not going to let us go below a felony because a 
guy was murdered. Right. Even though it was, I, my, I was really torn about this. I don't know how you feel hearing well, it. Well, it sounds like if someone's approaching your home and has just attacked a sibling or someone that's living in your home, doesn't matter how old they are, you feel like that should be self-defense. Yeah. He served four years. How long was he in jail before all of this was... And that counted his okay. time that he was in jail. That mm-hmm. counted his time served. So he was in jail about a year as we prepped for this so case. Then he, and then he served four more. Three more. Three more. So but It was not to exceed five, but he got out in four. Okay. Which I, I think is justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you took someone's life. Right. I, I'm still really torn about it. I, yeah. To this day, I still am. Because part of me thinks... Hey, he was defending his brother, his family. Mm-hmm. They showed mm-hmm. up with weapons. And then they called police to ask for help. Uh-huh. What would you expect someone to do? Right. I, I don't not going to stand and take a beating. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. I guess they literally had called the detective multiple times. Mm-hmm. And that's why the detective... Blew this one off. Blew it off. Because he's like, I hear from these guys all the time. Yeah. They're always fighting. And I can see how he would... Get that attitude. Yes, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, one more time. Yeah, and they literally had his direct line. They had, and they were leaving messages and he couldn't reach him. That's why they called dispatch. They tried to do everything right. They, I think they did. I don't know what else we would expect them to do. What ended up with the families? Both families are still here. And what happened to her? My heart actually breaks for her. Yeah. It really does. I don't blame her for being upset with Nazir the way he handled that. I don't know all what was happening in, in their her relationship. life. And yeah. her, even in Pakistan, you don't know how she was treated. You don't I, have to leave to run for your life and leave your children behind. Right. I don't think that that would be an easy thing for a woman to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I could also see how you could make a decision like, hey, they're not going to let me take these kids. Do I stay here and give my life? And I have very little say. I don't know. I, I, it's impossible no. to judge. Like you said, a culture clash. How can it, you... Yeah. It is a such great... a culture clash. Mm-hmm. This case was so fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I'd never had a case with those kind of emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always get emotions, but to have the culture dictate so much of what yes. happens in the case mm-hmm. was just fascinating. When Nazir was getting out of prison, ICE was threatening to throw him back to Pakistan. Because even on political asylum, if you're here and then you commit crime, mm-hmm. we America throws you back. Okay. So there was this huge push sent him back to Pakistan. I was terrified that he would go back. Imagine if he comes back to Pakistan and his dad is the one that was so vocal against right. the Taliban and now the Taliban's taken over so much of Pakistan right. and here he comes back. He would absolutely not be safe. Thankfully, they were able to maneuver past that. He's moved out of state, Mm -hmm. but he is in the United States still. I actually tried to reach him to interview us. (laughs) I I really like Nazir, but I think he didn't really want to relive this. Oh, you can't blame him. I don't blame him at all. So, fascinating case. Yeah. That is the culture clash. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.